You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses. Anna is here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. Today, I want to talk about first financial steps you can take when you expand in your family. I think you can never prepare enough for this amazing life event, emotionally, physically, mentally, but there are these steps you can take to prepare financially. And I remember when Yuri and I were expecting our son Liam, who is turning two and a half years old in the next couple of weeks, I could, I could, you know, talk to people and hear all of their suggestions and advice and recommendations. But it, as any new parent, there's just so many overwhelming things that are happening, especially as you're getting ready for this awesome, awesome, awesome life change. But I tell you one thing that times go fast so bad and good in a way. So think about this. As we go through the through the discussion today, and I share with you a laundry list of things that you can consider. I know that you may not get all of this done by the time baby arrives. I really do. And you're probably going to take your time, even more time, to get this stuff done after. But at least get on it, okay? So I know that we can spend probably next years, right? couple of years talking about all of these topics separately. So I want to just highlight a couple of things for you that you can start working on. Okay, so please do not feel overwhelmed. Just take this as a suggestion that you can get in front of yourself, share this with your significant other. And I think the, the two of you can start working on it. Okay, so I want to break it down into two sections before the child arrives and then after. So I think the one of the first things to to really think about, and I wish I put more thought into it when uh, before Liam was born, is how much time you're really going to take off. I know there's the standard, there's the maternity or paternity or family leave structures that exist if you work for a company. Some states, for example, California has a family leave plan. Um, it's not very much time, right? And as I said earlier, it goes by so fast, especially, although I don't know, this the saying about uh, the days are longer, no, the, the nights are longer, the, the years are short, um, or something like that. I'm, I know I'm butchering it. Uh, was very true, especially when you're not getting much sleep. But what I'm what I'm getting at you here is, think about it, right? And I know you can't make a final decision, right, beforehand, because things change, right? And I, one 
one sort of regret I have is that I wish I would have had more time. And I had all the control in the world as I'm my own boss that can, you know, can take as much time off. But I had a I wish I would have been prepared a little bit more for it mentally in terms of like, okay, I'm going to dedicate this time. This is what I'm doing. And so I have taken plenty of times, almost six months <clears throat> off, but um, that's what I want you to think. Now, it's not just, oh, okay, I'm going to take time off. I want you to think about, all right, so how does this really, really going to impact your budget? So it's my task for you, um, number two. How are you going to be managing your living expenses, right? Because if you're staggering your time with your significant other, if you're, you know, taking a pay cut, if you're not getting paid, right? Because most, most commonly, you know, the, the first um, six weeks are definitely, 68 weeks are definitely paid in one way or the other, right? In terms of short-term disability, maternity leave, and things like that. What is going to happen after that? So because... Just because the baby's here, life keeps going on, right? You still have to continue to meet your financial obligations. Your bills are going to have to be paid. And guess what? Something really amazing also happens. You now have this little teeny human that you want to spend all your money on. Um, at least I did and still do. And um, all the baby things are really, really cute. So I promise you one thing that... It's going to be tempting. You are you are going to do it. And that's the right of every parent. So do it. But look at your spending. I don't like budget. No budgeting here. But I do like to have boundaries around what is available, right, in our overall spending. And where am I going to dedicate those dollars? Okay, so if you have come up with what you're planning to allocate for uh, you know, buying all the thir- certain things you need for your nursery and things like that. But as you go on, right, as you come out out of this first initial awesome shock, think about and really not even think about this is start doing those things. Start start doing those those steps ahead of time because, again, you're going to get so busy, overwhelmed um, with love, excitement, and everything that comes with it. Then one of the things I want to I really talk to you about, because that was, is, as much as I prepared for this, I, 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 I swear, this was like one of the things that I obsessed about ahead of time, making sure that the medical coverage was in place. And it was, but there were some things that were really not on, under my control. So I'll talk about this in, in a bit, but make sure you have insured properly, right? Like if, 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 if it happens to be that you have opportunity, right? And remember, having a child, right, is called in the insurance space, particularly in the health insurance and, and, and other insurances too, um, life insurance um, as well, um, is something called qualifying event, life qualifying event. And so what happens is that if, if it's not around open enrollment when, when there's opportunity for you to change your coverage, and that's, this is if you work for an employer or if you're in one of those um, Obamacare plans that you bought through Health Exchange. So that kind of event allows you to select a different coverage. So if you weren't happy for, for, with the plan you had, or for example, what happened with us is that each Yuri and I had our individual plans. And I happen to use the, the medical plan more often, so I opted out for like a silver plan. And he is pretty healthy and just like really needs a health checkup once a year. So he didn't need to have more coverage. And so he had a higher deductible 
and less premiums per month. Mine was slightly less premiums, but lower deductible. So like I thought, you know, I've managed all of it. I got us a family plan and, you know, everything was ready, but, and I'll talk about that in just in, in the section when uh, we get to talk um, once the baby arrives, but it wasn't as what I expected. So double check, triple check. This is one of those things that um, you have a window of when, when it could be done. I actually, uh, at the end of the day, I had to switch plans for just Liam because they really screwed up the coverage, okay? And then fourth item for you to think about, and this is really long kind of term planning too, right? So before the baby, hopefully you start to think about this early on, is life insurance. I um, can't emphasize enough for you. This is one of the items that I frequently see uh, for clients who are starting families or for, for those who already have families. Like, I, I mean, every other client who has a family practically does not have proper insurance insurance coverage. Not just life insurance, every, every insurance that you can think of. There is always a gap. It's very rare that someone has, um, you know, like a full coverage and, and, and they're like 100% properly insured. So why do you want life insurance? You might want to wonder. That's an additional expense, right? And that's on the top of everything that just just about to happen. So the way I think about the life insurance piece, and I know some people have, you know, uh, not so great thoughts around you know life insurance, and I'm not go I'm not going to talk about this today. But the purpose of it, right? And I've and I've linked a couple episodes here in the show notes too. Uh, where we talk about how do you calculate how much you need and we really go into the details. So what I wanted to do, this is more of a personal and yet also professional recommendation. What I wanted to do when, when I was thinking about this in terms of, in terms of protection for, for the ones I loved is that if something were to happen to me, right? And so life insurance is a tool that replaces your income once you're gone, right? So what would you want to have happened, right? Or what would you want to have in place in terms of money, right? This is all it allows to do when you're not here. And so I was thinking about, okay, if I was gone early enough or early on in the process, you know, how would, how will there be enough money to pay for childcare expenses, daycare expenses? And I know these are a lot of like things to consider. Where will my child live? It's not for your spouse so much. It is though for your spouse to use, right, or significant other in case of your finances, but it is really to provide for, for your child, right? And your family, of course. But so think about those things. Do they have a roof over their head? What school are they going to go to? What uh, daycare, right? Or is it going to be a private school? Do you live in a good area where all of these things are aligned? So there's different ways to calculate it. Again, I'll link an episode where you can dive into more details. But it is one of those things that, um, it, and also the sooner you do it, the younger you are, the less it costs you. Again, I've seen this so many times where, um, you know, because we get, as we get older, we develop certain conditions and things happen and our bodies um, degenerate and, and all of this. So get it early on. And I, another feature that I really love about life insurance is that you can start with getting 
coverage, right? Some coverage. Your employers offer um, protection. So that's another thing around having a baby, right? Again, constitutes a qualifying life event. So you could increase your coverage. You can stagger these policies. You can get a little bit now and then you can add more later. So don't get too discouraged. And, and particularly for women, once you're past your first trimester, you're not going to be able to get any coverage until you deliver in six weeks later, at least, right? So at least, you know, for, for your male counterparts, your partners who are not uh, carrying and delivering a baby, that's something they can be working on at this time, okay? All right, so those are the four things that I want you to kind of work on as you're expecting for your bundle of joy to arrive. After this happens, it's going to be awesome, I promise you, overwhelming, challenging. So take your time, right? It's really like one day at a time. I'm going to circle back to making sure you've really set up the coverage for your child, right? And you've added them in the first 30 days. And that's the hard lesson I learned. I've called, I tripled called, and I double called, and I mean, everything, and they still didn't add Liam to my coverage. And so, as you may know, right, if this is not your first child, but if it is going to be your first child, Normally, in the first year of their life, as you probably see now, you know, during pregnancy, there's a lot of visits to the doctors, right? Um, checkups, right? Especially for a newborn, you have like first month is like three or four times. And this is if nothing happens, right? There's no complications and things like that. So because it is part of the, the, the standard, right, preventive care, you'd really want to make sure that they pay for these visits. And so I um, the, the hard lesson learned here, and I still until this day really don't know what really what happened and why there was such a, a conundrum with this coverage. But it was really hard to then untangle because uh, what they started to do is they start me to they started to send us uh, the you know the bills and invoices for all the visits. And so then I had to not, I mean, adding the child to the coverage is not that hard, right? It's just updating the records on their part. It is then settling all of these invoices and having to make phone calls. You don't want to do that. This is the worst, you know, thing to do um, in, in the time such as having a newborn. So again, make sure you have proper insurance coverage. And if you've decided that you wanted to have a family plan, that you've done it like you've done it in the first 30 days. Because after that, you're going to have to wait until there's an open enrollment season. So like for us, Liam was born in January, like January 3rd. So I, you know, all of this is happening. And I find out like, probably in the middle of February or towards the end of February, like what? Our coverage is not proper. So then, right, because the open enrollment season is usually October, November. So uh, yeah, because that's, that's that could be stressful. So th- trying to help you prevent some of these things that you could be stressing about. All right, child care. I, I know a lot of these things are thrown at you, but I'm talking about this from, from financial side of things. So what is it going to cost you, right? What options are there? Like really start considering and looking at things. Do you want a, a big daycare center? Do you want more uh, intimate in, in, in-house daycare centers? So this is beyond what you're going to, you know, the time you're going to take off to spend with your child. And also, like, I feel like we got so lucky. Like I literally look like just at a couple of places in our area and got on a waiting list for all of them, like like significantly easy, right? They just called, applied, 
um, and and they put us on a waiting list, long waiting list, and um, I think that because Liam didn't start until he was six months old, it really still added more time. But I don't know. I didn't have that one of those horror stories that you you just can't get a a spot in the daycare that you want. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. But I think it may may have been just the luck. Okay, two more things. Estate planning documents are those those are the documents that really probably go well hand in hand with making sure you have proper life insurance coverage. Estate planning documents are really just your wishes in writing about what to do with with assets that you have, what to do um, you know, with with all the possessions after you are passed away, and also right, like th- that's the things that are discussed and outlined in your will, right? And again, now your sort of situation changed because you have a minor, right? Your child constitutes a minor until they turn eighteen, so they can't inherit your assets. They can't make financial decisions. Not a baby, right? And not until they're eighteen. So whatever you have is not going to go to them. A state usually, right, in which you live, decides what happens if you don't have these specifications. And that's what these documents really help you. It is not hard to do. It's actually by far the easier thing to do than create a complete money roadmap, right? Or financial plan. So make sure you create those when you start, right? Or update if you haven't looked um, at them in a while, especially, right? Because you have, again, a life qualifying event. And my last thing on the list is opening a, or think about a college savings strategy, right? Is it op- is it opening a five twenty nine plan? Five twenty nine plan is a is a college savings plan. So uh, because again, trying to get you to to do these things earlier because it's going to help you um, start to invest sooner, start to save sooner, and and give you a lot more time um, to get there. So here's my laundry list of things for you to consider, think about, start asking questions. I'm going to spend a lot more time diving into each of these because there's layers and layers and layers and layers of questions. But, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm really excited for, for this opportunity for you to do things right. And I felt like that was the time of our life when, when, uh, we were in this phase and I, you know, I, I was one, I'm still one of those moms. I think people, you know, people laugh at me for this, but you know, the first year of child's life, you celebrate like every month, like, oh my gosh, first you're like counting weeks or days, week, then weeks, then months. You're like, all right, you're two months, three months, four months. So I, I still am counting months, right? It's just, it's just been such an exciting journey um, of his life for me. And so, but I think, you can give yourself a lot more freedom, right? And, and, and less stress around finances if you think about these and implement um, ahead of time. All right, money bosses, thanks so much for tuning in. Please go to iTunes, hit subscribe, give us a review, and um, I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, money boss, thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, 
then be sure to go to mainstreet-money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.